0: You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. And everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want
1: to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting. or We we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah,
2: You know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of of a J.C. softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, J.C. Softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like the, the 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 team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's. Contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring in little league anymore.
1: as we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play.
0: Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, I don't like it. It's the only time we're ever getting excited about second. From now on, it's first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship do you know that
1: look how about the dog
2: hey buddy this beer's for you mike and cousin shane that sec podcast loves the pirate and the pirate loves
3: that sec podcast hail state Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host Michael Bratton, and I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And unfortunately, flying solo on this show. Fortunately, the big Tennessee Homer found a new excuse not to show up for the show. He's not sick. It's not work. Doesn't have to go to bed. <laughs> He's not on vacation. trying to think of the other ones he's said since the season began. But uh, everything's good with Cousin Shade. Just not with the... (laughs) He had a little home emergency there. Maybe he'll uh, come on and explain that on the next episode. But everything's all right with Shade. He is hopefully going to be back on the next episode because we got uh, the early signing period quickly approaching. But, man, there was no chance we were to... Not going to do a show today. So much going on here in the SEC. I'm literally, oh, right as we did it. I, I waited, kind of held off to do this. It's uh, it's not too late here in Nashville. It's 7.30, but uh, waiting for some news. And here it is. Vanderbilt has officially announced the hiring of their next head coach, the Commodores, I've hired Clark Lee, defensive coordinator from Notre Dame. While I'm sitting here, kind of waiting for Auburn, too, because it sounds like Auburn might be announcing a coach at any time. But, uh, hey, if that news breaks while I'm recording, I'll announce that as well, obviously. But uh, let's stick with Vanderbilt here for a moment because the SEC also announced on Monday Vanderbilt at Georgia. That game has officially been canceled Vanderbilt did not have the required scholarship players to play. So that's unfortunate. Vanderbilt's season has come to an end. And this kind of makes sense. If you're going to end the season, make this higher. We got the early signing period, 48 hours, really less than 48 hours away. And you kind of had a feel this was was happening. According to uh, our buddy Chris Lee of Vandy Sports, the rival's, Vanderbilt affiliate. You know, there was a lot of talk. We even discussed it on the pod. Jeff Munkin, the Army coach, apparently, this is according to Chris Lee, uh, with the Illinois job opening up here over the weekend. They fired Lovey Smith. I think Munkin's eyeing that uh, Illinois job. He's a Illinois native. I don't believe he went to the school, but apparently that led to some hesitation, and here we got Clark Lee, and I don't want to call it a consolation because, it again, We got one of the nation's best defensive coordinators, Vanderbilt grad, played fullback at Vanderbilt. One of the uh, current coaches on the staff there played with him at Vanderbilt. So we're getting a guy that knows the school, knows the issues that are there, what he's got to overcome, the academic standards. Vanderbilt man. I'm sensing a theme here. Sam Pittman, Shane Beamer, Ed Orgeron, could this be Vanderbilt's version of that? Clark Lee, we'll find out. Again, uh, you know, I've, I've got to be fair. I've said this with basically every new hire in the SEC. It's it's an incredibly difficult place. I, I mean, it goes without saying, to learn on the job in the SEC, I don't think I'd make that call, but it's working out just fine there in Fayetteville. So you're not saying it can't work out, but that would be my only negative here. That was something that uh, Candace Lee, the AD, said when they opened this job. They wanted a, a coach with an offensive background and one with a head coaching experience. Clark Lee's got neither of those, so he must have knocked it out of the park with uh, his interviews and really curious to see who he's going to bring in there, be his offensive coordinator, what kind of system they're going to run. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think this is a quality quality candidate here for vanderbilt i think i'd much rather have i don't know i just do i would have hate we kind of talked about about it on the last episode we didn't want to see triple option in the sec i think that would have really hurt the progress we're making there on the west end but hey uh well sticking with the coaching theme here like i said there's growing buzz auburn may make a hire i'm recording this on uh, monday evening around 7 30 and the name being tossed around, there's two of them, really. And we kind of mentioned it, one of these guys, Kevin Steele, defensive coordinator, Auburn fans going nuts. Why in the hell are we hiring this guy? He's got a terrible record at Baylor. He's, <laughs> why would we fire Gus and get rid of this guy? I don't know. I'm telling you, I think this uh, this is not going to be a popular decision, but I think it might be the right decision. Longtime SEC coordinator, spent time in the ACC. He's got head coaching experience. He's been at Auburn a long time. He's a hell of a recruiter. He's a hell of a defensive coach. I've seen some people point to the fact they uh given up a ton of points to Alabama in recent years. Well, guess what? Everybody's doing that. I mean, there's there's no stop in Alabama. It's, I don't care who you are or, or what kind of game plan you're calling. Alabama with the you know eleven players on their offense going to the NFL. You're not going to stop them from scoring, but hey, he's uh, held held his own against that that squad last time I checked. Auburn's got a better record than anybody in the SEC against Nick Saban's program. Of course, that didn't save Gus, so I understand why people are upset. They're wanting the big name. They want Hugh Freeze. They want Matt Campbell. They want Billy Napier. Well, I, even Billy Napier, I think some Auburn fans are against it, so I don't know who in the hell they think they're going to get that's uh, going to be the Grand Slam. And I'm not saying Kevin Steele. A popular question people are saying, well, why in the hell would we get rid of Gus if we're just going to promote Kevin Steele? I've been trying to hint at it on this show. I think Kevin Steele's a gunner. I think he was going to leave. And what would Auburn be right now if not for Kevin Steele that they would have fired Gus a long time ago? So I'm not saying Kevin Steele's officially going to be the hire or anything, but I'm just trying to make the case we got to know who his coordinator will be on both sides of the ball. But he's got a hell of a linebackers coach. He's got an outstanding defensive line coach. Those are two of the better recruiters in the SEC. I even like his defensive backs coach. So with Gus out, you know those guys are getting calls. And I think the only way you're keeping them all, if you want to, you know, if that's the plan at Auburn, is to – Promote a guy like Kevin Steele again. But yeah, certainly interesting times there on the plains. Look for them to potentially get a coach here quickly for the uh, early signing period. If not, I'll tell you what, if Auburn does not hire a coach before the early signing period, I think they're getting a guy that's coaching. Uh, same thing I think I already said. They're getting a guy that's coached in the upcoming championship weekend. You know, you you never want to, whoever it is, if it's Billy Napier, if it's a Matt Campbell, if if it's Nick Saban, you don't. want <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whoever it is, you know, you don't want to disturb uh, that guy's run to the conference championship and potentially more to come because, you know, he's certainly not going to appreciate you messing with his season. May even cost you a head coach if you do something like that. Uh, the other guy, Mario Cristobal, I believe. They're playing for the Pac-12 championship as well. So, you know, could he go? I don't know. I think uh, he certainly seems to be a hot commodity. There's so so many conflicting reports. He doesn't want to be in the SEC West against Nick Saban. I've heard that. There's another report saying he's staying at Oregon. I mean, everybody's staying until they're going. You know what I mean? So I, I don't read too much into any of that. But he's probably the other one to watch. Kevin Steele, Mario Cristobal. Those seem to be the two names I know Lane Kiffin was talked about. We're going to get to that in just a moment here because he was asked directly about it, but I don't know. Things are trending as of uh, Monday evening things trending towards Kevin Steele, but these things change in a hurry. I know Auburn fans, some of you are throwing up. I just, uh, I'm here to tell you, I think Kevin Steele would not be a bad decision. He's not going to win the press conference and, uh, you know, I know that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants that flashy. They want the flashy hire. They want the big hype videos. Look around the SEC. Eli Drinkwitz, where was the hype for that? Sam Pittman, where was the hype for that? Ed Orgeron. I mean, these the same people that are going to be poking fun up to Auburn for Kevin Steele, I guarantee you that the same ones saying Sam Pittman was a joke and Ed Orgeron and all this, so... Let's let him put together a staff if if he is the selection. And another thing, like I said, hell, it was uh, this time 24 hours ago, we were saying, hey, Jeff Munkin headed to Vanderbilt, and they just announced uh, Clark Lee as the new coach. So things change in a hurry. If you're rooting against Kevin Steele, you probably get your wish if it's not announced soon. So that's just something to consider. And, hey, uh, sticking on the coaching theme. So we already know who we got our man down here. At South Carolina, Shane Beamer. Remember the on the last episode, I, we should make this note because Shane was asking me about it. He was asking me about the tweet that I issued that, uh, now again, this wasn't me saying it, but I couldn't confirm or deny it was uh, Rusty Manziel of uh, 24-7 Sports, outstanding reporter, uh, recruiting insight, team information, one of the best guys out there. He was the one saying that uh, Billy Napier passed on South Carolina, and then he has since retracted that in in a couple spots. So there you have it. South Carolina got their guy, did not offer it to Billy Napier. I think Shane will appreciate that comment. I think South Carolina fans will appreciate that comment. But sticking with uh, the other Shane, I'm going to start calling him the other Shane in the SEC, Shane Beamer. Why in the hell hadn't he hired his coaching staff yet? (laughs) Why is he a dorm in Oklahoma? Well, he went on a radio show here in South Carolina on Monday. 107.5 The Game, FM Sports Radio. So they had Shane Beamer on here on Monday. And they spieled about here. You check out, uh, head on over to uh, 107.5 The Game, their website. They got the entire interview, or they got it in a podcast form here as well. But I'm just going to highlight this uh, little section here they asked shane beamer about uh, you know potentially his coordinator hires and the rest of the assistant staff and the timeline for all that and shane beamer pretty open pretty honest and some really good stuff i think gamecock fans will appreciate what coach shane beamer had to say here
4: yeah i could start a lot of different directions in terms of what you're doing for the gamecocks but let me start with with the staff and how you're cultivating that and and my my first question might be are you looking to hire uh, coordinators first and allow them to help you select a staff, a- a- a, you know, and, and also Shane, if I may, sort of a part B, how do you kind of juggle interest in your program with uh, others that you might be interested in as you cultivate the guys that'll work around you?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's the one thing Jay, that every head coach that I've talked to uh, sitting head coaches, former head coaches, they've all said, take your time on the staff. Everybody wants it done like tomorrow. But you got to make sure that it, it's the right fit; uh, that all have to fit together, um, and that's what I'm trying to do. Obviously, I've said all along uh, throughout this process to uh, Coach Tanner and, and anyone else that I talked to that that I've been putting together a staff in my mind for a long time, and and that's the case. Uh, every single person that I went into this thing saying that this is the top person I want to get at each of these positions is still very much a possibility. The thing that I'm, you know, it's a little bit tricky. That's different than normal years. Is normally when a head after the regular season is over and the only thing left are bowl games well i got hired last week and a lot of these coaches that i'm talking to coached in games last weekend they may be coaching in games this weekend if they're playing in a championship game or even if they're not playing in a championship game with the way the schedules are across the country so i'm trying to be respectful of that there's a signing day coming up so there's a lot of dynamics at play so certainly there's some guys that that i know i want Uh, in Columbia with me regardless of who the coordinator is Uh, and then at the same time the coordinator hires the two most important things and and feel good about where we are uh, there for sure the amount of interest has been uh, beyond what even I could have expected I I heard from so many people before I was announced as the head coach but since I've been announced as the head coach I've heard from so many more people where you sit there and say to yourself wow he would he'd be interested in leaving that position to come here and I mean I'm talking Sitting current coordinators in every Power Five conference have reached out, to me. and uh, it's been exciting. A lot of people want to be in Columbia. A lot of people know what South Carolina's about and, and want to be there, and that's exciting. And, and uh, uh, I know we're a lot closer than we were a week ago to having this done. But
3: I'm also not going to rush it
1: either just to get ten coaches hired and announced, uh, uh, so we can you guys can talk about it and, and, and sort of <laughs> we can debate it.
3: All right. So how about that? Sitting coordinators at other Power Five programs reaching out. Shane Beamer. Of course, we don't know who that is or <laughs> when it'll come down, but hey, it makes sense. I mean, again, this is uh, th- this is kind of sticking with the theme here of Shane Beamer sticking to his commitments with uh, Oklahoma. I know not a popular decision from all South Carolina fans immediately, but he's doing what he thinks is he- he's doing what he feels is right, and that's going to be the same thing with uh, his coaching staff here. He's not going to announce. He's not going to burn anyone. They've got uh, games to play, potentially championships to to fight for, just like he does there at Oklahoma with the Sooners. With the uh, Big Twelve championship game coming up this weekend, there's a obviously the early signing periods coming up. So so many factors. You can't just dive in and steal someone's coach who's working in their season. So that's going to be coming. But again. That's got to be exciting if you're a South Carolina fan. It echoes what Sam Pittman said. Remember when Sam Pittman got hired, I, I hate to keep going back to Sam Pittman, but hell he knocked it out of the park. He's doing a great job hired in an elite coaching staff, led by of course, the two coordinators, Kendall Browse and Barry Udom. But remember when he was hired, first team meet, team meeting there at Arkansas, he came in with that phone. He said, "Boys, you won't believe who's calling?" <laughs> I mean, we're getting the same thing. We're just not getting it in the team hype video. We're getting it here on the radio. So this has got to be exciting. Like I said, South Carolina could be hiring some elite coaching staff members in the coming days. Just got to be a little bit more patient with what's going on there. And Shane Beamer, I'm sure the moment he can, he will announce this thing. So that's something to look forward to if you're a South Carolina Gamecock fan. All right, uh, let's jump on down to Lexington real quick where, of course, we've got offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach to hire there as well. And the latest rumblings, what I'm hearing, Joe Moorhead, former Mississippi State head coach, current Oregon offensive coordinator. Got his team there in the uh, Pac-12 championship game. He's a contender, along with uh, L.A. Rams quarterback coach Liam Conan. I've heard that from a lot of places. I think uh, maybe the first to report that was Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio. And then the other guy, Missouri quarterback coach Bush Hamden, formerly of Washington. Of course, now with uh, up there with Eli Drakowitz, But maybe he wants that promotion to be – working you know getting a call zone plays it's always interesting how that uh how that works out you know because you, you when you work for an offense or defensive uh minded coach that likes to call his own plays you gotta wonder you know how soon do the, you want to jump at that job and i'm not certainly i'm not suggesting that a guy like bush hamden should just you know stick it out with missouri for years and years but maybe you can learn quite a bit from a guy like eli drinkowitz and i like to equate it to uh, Kirby Smart. I mean, how many different jobs could he have left Alabama and Nick Saban for over the years? Had to be at least a dozen. You know, I'm not saying a dozen of Georgia's caliber. That's That was the, the genius part of it. I mean, he waited it out. Hell, he was going to be South Carolina's coach until Georgia pulled the trigger on Mark Richt. And uh, we all know the rest of the story. But jumping at the first promotion you get, maybe not always the best idea. I certainly think if I'm an offensive coach, quarterback coach, I'd want to learn a thing or two from uh, Coach Eli Drinkwitz before I move on. Maybe he's learned enough. I'm not – again, I'm, I'm really not trying to make a point about him, but after just one season, that does make me wonder. Maybe he's just itching to jump to be to get that chance and uh, – Hey, I'm rooting for him if he does, but uh, there we go. So, three candidates, again, I'm spending all this time talking about Bush, but L.A. Rams quarterback coach, I believe his assistant quarterback coach, Liam Cohen in Kentucky, offensive coordinator Joe Moore. I don't know Mississippi State fans, never too thrilled with Morehead's offense, never really got off the ground, never had any, much receivers to work with, though. And I think while Mike Leach has uh, found some success, a lot of them are having uh, Mississippi State's having a lot of success with a lot of Freshman. They came out the gates strong as hell, but you know certainly dipped in the, in the weeks thereafter. Uh, during his time down there at Mississippi State, Kylan Hill was one of the SEC's best running backs. So I don't know that there's things to sell there, and and certainly his time at uh, Penn State was outstanding. His time with Oregon, I I honestly have not watched that team, but uh, I hear they're pretty pretty good. Hell, they're in the conference championship game they can't be that bad so that would be an interesting hire one year at Oregon though you Joe Moorhead jumping all around but I think Mark Stoops would uh, do well with him but uh, hey that's what I got on the coaching front and hey a lot of stuff happening here in the SEC but uh, hey I promise we're going to talk about some recruiting so uh, let's let's dive into some recruiting should we This is not a four-year decision. This is a 40-year
2: decision. Come to the University of South Carolina and you'll be successful the next 40 years. Recruiting and retaining is our top priority.
0: We're coming. We're coming fast. We're coming at you.
2: The jet's fueled up. We're ready to go.
0: He was my guy from the get-go. I watched all of across the country. I, I truly believe Zach is as good of a quarterback as there is in the United States. I really, his arm talent, his ability to run and create plays and make guys around him
5: like an old-school quarterback. And he's just, he can do everything. We have more players in the league than anybody else. We play in the greatest stadium, we play in the greatest conference, and we the LSU Tigers. If you love the purple and gold, go come play for us.
3: All right, and this is the part of the show where Cousin Shane would just, you know, silently recede into the background. Anyway, I have a little secret I'll let you guys in on. <laughs> Anytime we talk recruiting, he's, like, I'm gonna kick it over to you, Mike, because, <laughs> not uh, he. I mean, he loves it. He loves uh, to see who these guys are and watch their hype videos and all that. But uh, you know, there's it's enough for him to keep up with uh, just what's going on in the SEC to, to not. Uh, It's tough to keep up with recruiting. So you ain't missing much with Cousin Shane being gone for this segment. No offense to you, Shane. But, hey, we got a lot of recruiting news. Like I said, obviously uh, the early signing days coming up here on Wednesday. So that's going to be an exciting time. And it's pretty wild that uh, we're here and we got half the SEC playing games. We got championship games. And now these coaches got to focus on recruiting as well. One thing before we hop around the the league here this is uh, the only Tennessee mention we're going to get on the podcast here but a uh, five-star linebacker Terrence Lewis from Miami area down there in Florida remember this is the guy that decommitted from Tennessee and started kind of that uh, bo- poor run of recruiting there on Rocky Top He was headed towards uh committing to Auburn and maybe he still will be if Kevin steals the coach so Maybe that's something to consider too. You know, you you want to bash Kevin Steele, those of you that do. Maybe you you get a guy like Terrence Lewis. And again, you don't make a decision like that from one player, but stability would certainly help you. But now that Gus is out, Terrence Lewis apparently at least as of now, he's uh scratched Auburn off his list. He announced here on Monday he's down to Tennessee and Maryland. He's already committed to Tennessee, as I just said, but I'm hearing this is uh, going to be good news for Tennessee. I don't want to ruin his moment here. Nothing's official. Nothing's official in recruiting till signing day. So I believe the plan with uh, Terrence Lewis is to sign on Wednesday, not announce it. He is a All-American. I'm not sure if it's uh, Under Armour All-American or All-American Bowl, one or the other. But either way, you know, they're not having those games this season, but they're still doing virtual ceremonies and, Virtual commitments and all that. So that's my understanding. He's going to sign. They're going to keep it silent. And then during that program, he'll announce it. Kind of like uh, that's kind of becoming the new trend. So Terrence Lewis, that's a big one. Could be jumping back in the boat here for Tennessee. And all of a sudden, hell, you beat Vanderbilt. You got some momentum on the field. (laughs) Now, potentially, Tennessee getting some momentum on the recruiting trail, too. So that would go a long way. Tennessee desperately needs some linebackers here. So to go to help out Henry T and, and the crew there. So could be good news there. Hey, the main star of the show here, Lane Kiffin, let's jump on damn to Oxford. i old miss. Of course, uh, you know, during the season, it's so hard to talk about recruiting. We've just got so much going on. But man, if we did talk more recruiting, maybe we should do that moving forward. But if we did do that during the season, we'd be talking about what in hell is going on in Oxford? Why? I mean, I thought that was part of the package deal here when we're getting Lane Kiffin. We know he's a offensive mastermind, and he's once again, he's hired an outstanding coordinator here, in Jeff Levy and we know they can coach up quarterbacks and exciting offense and all this, but I thought we were getting a great recruiter. Well, here about, uh, I think it was about a week ago, maybe a little bit longer, they were rated 74th. In the nation, in recruiting, 74, Ole Miss. That's unacceptable, right? Well, flash forward a, a week or so, they're 18th in the nation, all the way jumped all that way, and up to seventh in the SEC with room to go. They've still got about five spots remaining. And looking at the chart here, everybody, Tennessee, Florida, two teams ranked ahead of them, Alabama, they've all got more commits. So Ole Miss got room to grow and these aren't scrubs they're flipping either. They got Luke Altimer, the four-star from Starkville, believe it or not. Uh, they flipped him from Florida State. Of course, a big one, Tennessee tight end, number one tight end from the state of Tennessee, Hudson Wolf. That was a killer. Shane's still hurting over that one. He flipped from Tennessee to Ole Miss, and the ones uh, that are killing uh, Mississippi State fans, I mean, they're they're landing a couple of, couple of kids from uh, – that were previously committed to Mike Leach's program. So here we got uh, Ole Miss is gaining some traction, and apparently they're in it with uh, a number of elite prospects coming down the way here. And wouldn't you know it, Lane Kiffin comes out to his Monday press conference in a Merry Miss shirt. So <laughs> let's kick it over to Lane Kiffin talking about uh, his T-shirt and how the Rebels having recent success on the field, how that is helping Ole Miss on the recruiting trail. Elaine, I can't help but i got to ask you about the message on your shirt. Uh, What can you say about
4: that? Um, You know, it's Christmas time, you know, just, you know, and uh, my favorite holiday of the year, I guess. And, you know, so just um, someone gave me a shirt and Merry Christmas, they spelled it wrong. So, you know. It was free.
2: Hey, in, in all seriousness, seriousness though, uh, the success on the
3: field—how much is that? Do you uh, attribute that to the meteoric rise of the recruiting rankings and stuff like that over the last couple of weeks?
4: A lot. Um, Any time you're playing, you know, especially your first year, and these kids can't official visit. You know, I think that. there was probably a lot of concern out there. This was going to be a disaster class because we don't know the kids and we can't get them here. And one of the best things about here is to come on official visits for game day and see the town, see the university, see the stadium. And so, they weren't able to do that. So, I think the performance on the field, you know, with all the national games has gone a long ways because, you know, the last few weeks have been awesome. And great responses from kids. I think not just the success on the field, but, you know, they talk about seeing the energy on the sidelines, the players having fun. Um, You know, they mention a lot the difference between, you know, the two state programs in state programs. So um, it's been
3: great. All right, guys. So this is what we see happens here when uh, Ole Miss wins three in a row. You know, they're high flying all over the field. Now they're going to finish up. I guess, with LSU. I'm still not sure what is exactly the plan here for Texas A&M. I guess that's going to be officially – it's not officially canceled. uh, Vanderbilt-Georgia is the only game officially canceled in the SEC, but I don't know how they're going to fit this Texas A&M game. So we're focused on LSU. But, uh, yeah, things are rolling here with Kiffin. And we got uh, a number of receivers and defensive backs committed in this class. In fact, uh, three – of Three of the top five commitments here for Ole Miss. Receiver, safety, safety, tight end, and quarterback. So those are their four stars they got right now with many more potentially joining the class here. Everybody's jumping on the Lane train. <laughs> and of course we get I, I kind of teased it there in the opening and we talked about on the last episode. Lane Kiffin to Auburn. Of course he was asked about it and Man, leave it to Lane Kiffin to take a question about not his interest, but another school's interest in him, turn it into a troll of another coach in the SEC. Clearly, you should be able to get this one.
1: Lane, kind of got to ask about some of the rumors that will circulate about Auburn wanting to reach out to you for that vacancy. Have they reached out? And do you pay attention when your name comes up as a sitting power five head coach for other jobs like that?
4: Yeah, I, I don't. You know, that's just productive when your players play well, you're going to be in rumors like that. So, there's been no conversations anything like that. Um, I wanted to say, um, you know, what I learned from my mentor, um, you know, that if you guys are going to keep asking this, I'm going to have to tell you, I will not be the head coach at Alabama, okay? So, stop asking me. I wasn't supposed to say that, but I just had to.
3: All right, so how great was that? If you didn't get the reference there, He's making fun of old Nick Saban, Papa Saban, infamous video when he was with the Miami Dolphins, I will not be the next coach of Alabama. (laughs) So in a roundabout way, Kiffin's trolling Saban, but at the same time, (laughs) well, he didn't say Auburn, so let's give him credit for that. But hell, imagine if he would have said, you know, I will not be the next coach of Auburn and then that would lead me to believe he is going to be the next coach of Auburn because that's exactly what happened with Nick Saban. So, you know, he's clearly just joking here. He's just uh, trolling Papa Saban, as he, as he likes to call him. But I just thought that was great. And you can, you can feel it there, Lane Kiffin just having a great old time because things are rolling on the field. They're rolling in recruiting. And like he said, man, when you're doing well on the field, when your players are excelling, that's what's going to happen. They're going to start saying, you're you're going to this job. You're going to that job. And to him, that just means they're getting it done on the field. All right, let's skip on down to Baton Rouge. Go Tigers. Coach met with the media here. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get more into these games here. I'm, just, I'm just really trying to focus mostly on uh, the coaching saga, the coaching carousel and all that, and recruiting because this is who Ole Miss will be playing. So, you know, should be a hell of a game here, Ole Miss, and LSU, one of the better games here in the SEC outside of the SEC championship game. But, uh, you know, Coach was asked about uh, winning against Florida. How is that going to help them in recruiting on how they manage that, you know, game planning for Ole Miss, trying to sign a – right now they've got a top five recruiting class, a number three recruiting class in the SEC. So how do they manage all that? And then uh, last season, when LSU did so well in recruiting, focused a lot on a lot of uh, national prospects. Of course, Ed Orgeron's program, reaching into California a lot here lately. That They've got uh, a California guy committed in their class now, but uh, Coach has asked about that, kind of on the strategy there recruiting nationally, recruiting regionally. Thoughts on that, so let's kick it over to Coach O.
4: I just kind of bounce off that. I mean, I think you've told us before sometimes that, you know, recruits don't think about wins and losses and as much as we think they do. So what what have you seen them respond to just kind of how this season has gone? You know, they've
5: been very good. Uh, obviously, we've built relationships. Uh, I, again, these guys saw last year one of the best teams ever played in college football history, and they remember that. And they see... All those guys going into the NFL having a lot of success and they see us have a young team. Obviously, we struggled in some areas that we got to get fixed, but they know that. It gives them an opportunity to come in and play real early. You see fresh, true freshmen playing, true freshmen quarterbacks playing and having success. And they, you know, especially skilled position on offense, they know we have great quarterbacks coming. We're fixing to sign another great quarterback on Wednesday. So they, they see the future looks bright.
1: Hey, Coach. I'd actually wanted to ask a little bit about the early signing period as well. Just with it being in the middle of a game week, <laughs> what is that like for you guys to have these crucial couple days leading yeah. up to that, and also be game planning for Ole Miss?
5: Just always have the phone in your pocket, and I'm always available. And we're we're talking to parents all the time. We're talking to players all the time. We have unlimited phone calls with them. Uh, it's kind of twenty four seven, you know. And and you got to balance your time. And everybody's dealing with the same thing. So, uh, Ole Miss is dealing with the same thing. I'm sure Lane's got his time balance. we got to balance it right down the middle 50 50.
4: Uh, to ask about this early signing period again, I mean, you've recently, in years past, you talked about these classes. You went national and went and found guys and were able to bring them to Louisiana. Um, it, I mean, how, how is that strategy going? forward and, and how, how do you approach that maybe once they get to Baton Rouge that they stay? In yeah,
5: Well, it all depends uh, what we have in Louisiana. We can always look at Louisiana first and if Louise like uh, I think it was two or three years ago, was one of Louisiana's best years. We stayed mainly in Louisiana and Houston or Dallas. I mean, those are going to be the hot areas for us and always will be the hot areas for us. Now. If a young man from the state of California is a great player and he calls us and tells us he wants to come, I'm going to take him. If a guy's from Washington, I'm going to take him in Florida, Atlanta, whatever it is. And Atlanta's always been good to us, so we're always going to recruit there. But we spot recruit uh, those areas uh, because of specific needs. So it's always going to be Louisiana, Houston, and Dallas, and then specific needs around the country.
1: Uh, hey, Coach, this is Shay Dixon. Uh, my recruiting questions already got answered by you, so I'll ask about the weekend. Um, is there a memory or a moment when people ask about that game? Fans seem to already share all their memories of it. When you think back on Saturday yeah. night, kind of, what's that first thought?
5: Yeah, uh, just to see those three flags on the field. <laughs> I didn't see the shoe. And by the way, I've been asked to uh, give a. Give a bunch of uh, shoes for Christmas. I don't know why my, my Christmas list has become shoes now. I don't know why people want shoes from me. But just to see those three flags on the field and to see a, a chance for us to win the game and to see the joy in our players and our coaches facing the locker room. Love it. And so uh, since shoes have uh, become <laughs> a
1: hot topic on your Christmas list, can we expect... A new shoe deal for you, coach.
5: <laughs> I'm not worried about that. I'm just glad the three flags were thrown. That, that's enough for me. What <laughs> What was the craziest thing you remember this, happening? Uh, that shoe. That shoe being thrown. <laughs> it's fresh in my mind. I, I've never seen that. I, I just. I've never seen that before in football.
3: All right. So there you have it, from coach. And you know. <laughs> It's like I like to joke, man, when things are going rough, I mean, these coaches, they cannot get out of these interviews fast enough. But when you beat a top six team on the road, you're feeling good. Everybody's loving life. He's laughing. He's having – he's joking. (laughs) I mean, he's having a good old time right there in Baton Rouge, and it's going to give him a lot of momentum. Now they've got to face uh, Ole Miss here and and keep that thing going. But uh, I just love those comments, particularly about the shoes. I mean (laughs) – He's, they're loving their shoes down there in Baton Rouge, and that's, like I think I've said before, I mean, this is, uh, that was such a moment, I don't think that will literally ever be forgotten for, by LSU fans or, hell, for that matter, Florida fans, so sorry to keep bringing that up, but, I mean, oh, man, he's going to be getting a lot of shoes this Christmas. Let me just say that. All right, uh, let's jump old Dan to Starkville. Where uh, Mike Leach also met with the media here and again we're gonna keep this focused on recruiting talk, but uh you know, the Bulldogs doing a lot better than I think uh, a lot of folks thought. I mean that was the big thing with Mike Leach, right? This guy can't recruit. What in the hell are we doing? Well, we got a four star quarterback lined up. We got a couple of four star receivers, uh four star offensive linebacker that they beat out old miss for, and they've got some of the more talented three stars in the nation committed, so you know things are going pretty well for uh, Mike Leach. The class is ranked 10th in the SEC, 32 nationally. Mississippi State generally tends to do better than that, but hell, we've o- we've only got 18 commits right now, so we're going to add more. And you know, I think for the most part, again, struggling on the field, it's kind of the opposite of old Miss. Uh, when you do well on the field, that translates to recruiting. But when you're not doing so well on the field, I think it's kind of equally impressive to. Do well in recruiting, so let's kick it over to Coach Leach. Who Shane would point out if he was on the show. Sounds like Coach is uh sick, he's coughing up a lung here, but uh, that is not stopping him from uh, picking up the phone and recruiting.
1: Coach, you discussed before, it's been a unique year this, this week. You've got to prepare for an SEC opponent and close out a recruiting class. How challenging is that for you, and how will you
5: kind of manage the
2: time? Well, it is challenging, uh, just everybody will. <clears throat> stay up late and f- well, watch film while they're um uh watch film while they're making phone calls which we did uh <clears throat> most of the night last night and uh you know so far it's been uh, very positive and um uh <clears throat> but yeah we just have to commingle it and do it both at the same time uh you know sometimes it's uh somewhat like that as you're going into a bowl but uh, it is unique. It uh, it it's definitely a unique uh, situation, and uh, um, <clears throat> so you just multitask your way through it.
1: Kind of a follow up on that too is you how, how do you feel like the efforts have been received here in the final days recruiting
2: wise? Uh very. I think good. I think good. So we're we'll see what happens, but I think good, and uh, you know we're excited about. Uh, exciting thing about this is you kind of get a glimpse of uh putting together uh, your team in the future and it is it's definitely exciting you know uh, you sit there and uh you know both your imagination goes wild on how great somebody's going to be and then uh and then you say well you know gee maybe we could have got this guy or that guy on occasion and generally not with this class and then um And then, you know, you go out there, and it's always amazing. I was thinking about that uh, driving in today. You know, I've got uh, uh, some of the classes I've had over the years. You know, I got, a, I got a couple of those guys who are worth a couple billion dollars, and then, uh, you know, <coughs> a couple, of course, uh, went on to the NFL, and then, uh, you know, they, they do all kinds of things. I have some doctors, some lawyers, and... Uh, everything in between and uh it's it's kind of interesting because you think back to you know when you were at their house at signing day or when you were at some high school and uh you know where they are now i mean so uh it really is kind of exciting uh from that standpoint
4: mike going back to signing day look, looking at your class and who you have right now what do you think's missing And along those lines what do you
1: think happen Wednesday that would
2: kind of make you say alright we stirred up some of the holes that uh, this class doesn't have right now? Uh, there's some on the bubble that um, that you know I'm not sure what will happen there. We I, I think we have to shore up our secondary and I think we're on our way to doing that whether that'll be complete uh, um, on signing day I don't know but you know there's another signing day too so um, but the one thing this signing day will Kind of clarify uh, uh, even more specifically what we need to find out there.
3: All right, so there you have it from Coach, as only he can uh, explain. You know the challenges of the game, on uh, the the momentum of uh, his program on the recruiting trail and everything that goes with that. So, you know I'm pretty I'd be pretty fired up if I was coach on this one. Like you said, they got to focus more on some defensive backs here. I'm just looking at the class right now. I mean it's loaded with receivers, linebackers, couple of quarterbacks. Uh they've only got like one defensive back right now committed. They got a couple athlete type guys. Potentially they could be secondary players as well. So well, you know that remains to be seen, but I think this is uh this is shaping up to be a really good class here for Mississippi State and like I said. They've only got 18 total commits at this time. So that 32 national ranking is sure to go up once they start signing some more guys. All right, let's kick it on down to College Station. Maggies For Jimbo Fisher and the Maggies, another elite class, 13th nationally. Like to be a little bit better, but, hey, we've got some big, big targets still on the table for A&M, number five in the SEC. And over the weekend, they landed a commitment of a five-star, Shamar Turner, defensive end. From DeSoto, Texas Number four strong side defensive end In the nation And we've got They're loaded with uh, four stars in this class Once again Defensive backs Quarterback Receiver uh, Another defensive end Defensive back So we got And we've got uh, Like I said We've got some more five stars That are potentially coming to a and I don't know if they're Leaning that way necessarily But here we got the The early signing period Coming up in a couple days So this is another one Texas A&M's only got 18 kids committed at this time. It's pretty good to be number five in the SEC and still got room to grow. So let's kick it over to Jimbo on uh, how this class is shaping up and how many players they uh, anticipate signing here during the early signing period.
4: With sign, or the early signing day on Wednesday,
1: it looks like you have another really balanced class you're putting together. How would you evaluate it so far? And what are your needs? And how many do you anticipate to sign?
0: Well, we're very, I, I know we feel very good about our class. Uh. Uh, love our class. I mean, what we think will be our class, you don't know until it gets to be your class. I mean, can't speak on them, but there's a lot of guys we put a lot of time in that we think are very good football players. And uh, you know, like you say, we've tried to hit all the positions. We need everything. And like uh, say, in this day and time, you need everything all the time. You have to get it across the board because guys leave, transfer, go out early. I mean, you got to build depth. You got to build quality, quality teams. So, but we we like the guys we have. Our staff done a really good job, in my opinion. Hopefully, we can close well and finish it off by Wednesday. You think you will sign 25 or Uh, – Hopefully we will this year. I don't know if we'll sign them all in the first first signing period.
3: All right, so he doesn't uh, mention it, you know, quite like Lane Kiffin, but momentum on the field, translating to recruiting. Now, I believe uh, Jimbo has signed – I don't know the first recruiting cycle because he came so late, but the two thereafter, I know they've signed uh, top ten classes, and I think there's an outstanding chance they do that again. Here in the coming days, just need to sign a couple more guys, and they'll be right there in the top five. So, excuse me, the top ten, if not the top five. Top five might be a a little out of reach at this point, but top ten, certainly see that in the Aggies' future, depending on uh, which players break their way here in the coming days. All right, last team we're going to hit on here. Let's go to Athens real quick. (laughs)
4: We're
3: unfortunately, like uh, we opened the show with, no game against Vanderbilt, so that means that Georgia's regular season is over. We've got to turn the page to bowl season, but not quite just yet. Here's the silver lining, if there is one, with uh, not having a game against Vanderbilt. I know we, Bulldog fans wanted to play that. Everybody wanted to see that 40-point spread, see if they could cover it, but Georgia's gunning for the number one class in the nation. Right now, number three, number two in the SEC behind only Alabama. And, hell, we got uh, three five-stars committed. And, basically, the rest of the class is a four-star. <laughs> so, that's the way it's going to be in Athens just about every year. Kirby's down there. Uh, they recently picked up Nyland Green, another elite cornerback. And, man, they got some momentum here going into the signing period. Again, they've got 20 guys committed. So, they've got room to improve as well. So, let's kick it over to Kirby talking about uh, Georgia's plan for recruiting this week. And these comments came before the cancellation of the Vanderbilt game. So maybe now they're able to focus even more on the recruiting, which uh, could be a silver lining to that cancellation. Kirby, how are y'all
4: preparing this week with an SEC football game signing day? And uh, Christmas is right around the corner as well. As far as the signing day,
0: like not a lot of preparation you can do for that. Um, especially not the way recruiting is now. You know, usually you would have people going into homes last week, this week, and that's not the case. So we're in communication with the ones that are planning on uh, signing with us early, and then some are early enrollees. So uh, we're still trying to finish out with some guys and close out on some guys. So that's kind of where we are. It's, it's, it's not as distracting having the signing date. It's more the management of the numbers and all the different things that's tougher. Recruiting and everything over these past couple of months. I know we've talked about. how you guys have had to call on video. Can't have anybody in person. But um, how creative you have y'all had to get? I suppose over these couple of months and rely on people like graphics department, video department to do some different things and kind of uh, have a creative approach to contact from these guys when you can't when you can't um, have them in Athens in person be honest with you, I've run out of creativity. I mean, there's probably people a lot smarter than me out there because I can't figure out what the, the next cutting-edge item is because, I, I mean, we just do real talk at this point. <laughs> Get on the phone and talk on the phone like normal people and FaceTime and Zoom because there's nothing left outside the box. And to be honest with you, they're about fed up with it. I mean, they, they've decided where they want to go and they want to sign – and they want to get on with it. They're over They're over high school. They're over virtual classes. They're over all that. They want to move on, and that's why so many of them are mid-year. So I can't tell you, like, the focus of the last two months has been on completing the class and playing football, like our football, not really on trying to create a dynamic way to talk to them because I'm all out on that 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 front.
3: All right, so if there's one guy that I trust to close the deal on signing period, it's Kirby Smart. I mean, he does not get beaten very often, even Nick Saban. I mean, if there's one guy that I trust to go head-to-head with Nick Saban, Dabbo Sweeney and them, to get a recruit, it's Kirby Smart. And, of course, he's not going to win every recruiting battle. I'm not you know, sitting here saying that. But uh, if you're telling me Georgia's in it with some elite prospects here in the, in the coming days, I think they're going to get more than a couple. So there's a chance Georgia, right now ranked number three in the recruiting rankings, finishes with the number one class, and everyone thought Ohio State had it locked up in the summer. Everybody thought Alabama had it locked up in the fall. But it may be Georgia once again that steals this thing come the early signing period. All right, so that's all I got on this one. Going a little, you know, kind of spieling here, talking to myself, making me feel kind of crazy here. But, uh, hey, we're going to break down even more recruiting and hit on some of the teams we didn't hit on on the next episode. And I'm, com- I'm going to compile a list pretty uh, exhaustive list i'm gonna i'm really gonna try to get uh, every upcoming announcement for the early signing period that i can find we're gonna break down each and every one of those go by time so that uh you know maybe uh if you're out there if you got time i don't know about you guys but uh, these early signing period days not very productive work day for me uh, when i was not covered the media i was glued to the computer seeing who was committing where and all this, and where the latest class rankings were going to be. So, you know, that's going to be something that uh, we're going to be focused in on all week. But on uh, the next episode, like I said, I'm going to break that down with uh, every announcement that I can find of all these uncommitted prospects and every target in the SEC heading into the early signing period. So, look forward to that. And uh, w- one last thing before we hop off here. I do apologize. On the uh, last episode, we talked about the the T Public T-shirts. We got T-shirts now, merchandise. We got uh, shirts, hoodies, stickers, coffee mugs, pillows, phone cases, and just about uh, any kind of merchandise you could think of. We've got it. But uh, unfortunately, I left the wrong link in the show notes. So that was my mistake. The corrected link is in there now. It's a company called T Public T E E Public really good stuff. I already got one of the shirts. I'm loving it. So, head on over to T Public, check that out. And uh, hey, I think that's going to do it. Oh, last thing. As as always, I always to say this. Uh, if you haven't already, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast apps. That really does help us out. And we send a beer koozie free of charge to each and every one of you that uh, that does that and sends over the screenshot of that uh, review to that SEC podcast at gmail. Dot com. That's the least we can do for all your support and for giving us that five-star review. So, hey, that's going to do it. Thanks for uh, sticking it out with me here. Hopefully, Cousin Shane is back on the next episode. But that's going to do it. Take care. Catch you on the next one.